Spiral Dial Sci-Fi with a Soundscape sound died away, they looked at each other in disbelief. Before either of them could speak, Pyrope's voice piped up in her right ear. You are a fool, Jessica. Nothing good will come of this disturbance. Why did you not tell me? I didn't tell you because you already knew, Jessica retorted. Pyrope, The other pyrope told that giant chessboard creature all about it, and she seemed very much aware of the problem. Every little short on solutions, which is something we could do with right now, because he is coming for us. I am pyrope. The earth does not require solutions. The earth is perfect as it is. At the same time as pyrope replied, Archie spoke. I'm so glad that you've developed an interest in mineralogy, darling, but I must say that I have absolutely no idea whatsoever what you're talking about. Pray, do explain. Confused, Jessica struggled to decipher the meaning of the two simultaneous replies. Perfect. That's nonsense. Perfect places don't kill babies. You have some explaining to do. And as for mineralogy, that's the least of our problems right now. She folded her arms firmly. You are one of us now, Pyrope said. You must return to the rock and help us to rid the earth of the dust people. If I'm one of you, how come I'm sitting right here? I'm no rock. You can literally see me bleed. Grabbing a fragment of rock from the floor, she scraped it down her left arm in frustration. The rock left no mark on her arm whatsoever. She turned it so that she was using the sharpest edge, pressing it as hard as she could. No mark, no pain. Lifting the rock again, she repeatedly dug it into her arm, but to no avail. Archie, watching her in horror, shuffled over towards her and reached out to grab her hand, but she pushed him away. Ow! That hurt! he exclaimed. I asked for an explanation, not an excavation. You might have a penchant for self-harm, but I, for one, am planning to get out of here in one piece, so it would be appreciated if you could cut it out. And I don't mean that literally. She stopped. I'm sorry, Archie. I didn't mean... Look, darling, I get it. I really do. We've all been there. I myself once thought I was a plant for three whole days. Would you believe that I made the rest of the band water me? In a bath? Poor Jeff was quite mortified. He grinned. What a trip it was. Um, I'm not sure that you do get it, Archie. Don't worry, I'm sure there's enough down here for both of us, he whispered in a conspiratorial tone. Now, if you'll just point me in the right direction, I think you'll find the conversation will improve no end. The right direction? Of what? Jessica looked at him, puzzled. The drugs, darling. Whatever you've been taking... I most definitely want some of it. He was practically licking his lips in anticipation. I told you, Pyrope tutted. This one hasn't got a hope of understanding you. I really don't know what you see in him. 
he's a good person, Pyro. I think so, anyway, Jessica replied. I certainly wouldn't want to be rid of him. Of course I'm a good person, darling, Archie said, more than a little smug. Now, be a good girl and go and get me the gear. Good person. What has he ever done for you? Pyrope sniffed. Jessica sighed in frustration. That's enough. Both of you, be quiet. Archie raised his eyebrows, making a great show of looking all around him. He poked Morvan's leg with a toe. I do feel you're being a little unfair to my man Morvan. He's been deathly quiet for some time. Oh, do shut up, Archie. And listen, Jessica snapped. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Pyro. You know... When I was a child, I used to talk to rocks too. They're excellent listeners, you know. Of course, Jeffrey and Dustin listen to me now. Still, they are pretty rock-like. Now I think about it. Once, I found this rather remarkable. Jessica cut him off mid-flow. No, Archie, I mean, I'm talking to Pyro, and she is talking back to me, but you cannot hear her. Archie blinked. Don't be daft, darling. My hearing is excellent. In fact, my audiologist told me that my frequency detection is even better than an eight-month-old spaniel. I always, without fail, wear earplugs on stage, you see. Pyrope, do help me explain it to him. I am Pyrope. You are wasting your time. We need to be leaving this place. The disturbance is coming closer. As she spoke, the floor began to shake almost imperceptibly. Archie, listen to me. I told you about the bubbles before, remember? But you said that you couldn't see them. That's where I've been since I last saw you. I've been inside the rock. The minerals are alive, Archie. That's what Morvan has been trying to find out about. Look, you can see her. She pointed to the container on the desk. This is Pyrope. Pyrope helpfully glittered for her. Pyrope, spark once for yes and twice for no. Archie, ask her some questions. Archie pursed his lips. Fine, I will. Are you an idiot? Pyrope sparked up. This is ridiculous, Jessica. We need to leave. But she glistened twice anyway. Archie blinked. Are you a talking rock? Pyrope glistened once. Okay, Jessica, very funny. Now tell me how it works. How it... how she works. I'm, I'm not sure, but Pyro tells me that I'm one of them now. I've changed, Archie. People do change on board Spiral Dial, Jessica. Archie deadpanned in an unmistakable impression of Patricia. I mean, really changed. Not some Bible-bashing maniac. I saw Ant become that monster. That thing that's been chasing us, it's coming for us now. What if the captain's experiments have gone wrong? What if we've changed into something out of her control? I told you, Jessica, I don't understand the experiments. It all seems utter woo-woo to me, frankly. I'm just here for the good times, which seem to be in short supply right now. But I'll tell you something, though. Patricia and Morvan certainly have a lot in common, both banging on about the end times. He's a prepper on an astronomical scale. Can you imagine retiring to a giant cave with your test tubes for Armageddon? Personally, I'd rather have a joint. Armageddon. The word took her back to her childhood. The last days will be marked by pestilence, famine, war and death, they had been told. It had always seemed to Jessica a pretty good description of the world on an average day. Does Patricia believe in Armageddon? 
Archie chortled. Do poodles hunt passing perverts? As he spoke, the floor vibrated once more, stronger this time, but passing after the merest fraction of a second. A flicker of movement drew Jessica's attention. Morvan was on the move. Groggily, he pushed himself up from the floor onto his elbows. His nose was bleeding. Jessica felt a thrill of excitement pass through her at his presence. Blushing, she hastily ran her fingers through her hair, tidying it. Archie huffed, tilted his head slightly to one side and raised his eyebrows at her. At the exact same moment, Pyrope spoke. I think this is what your dust scientists call chemistry. How quaint. Her giggle seemed to ricochet around the chamber. <laughs> oh, shut up, both of you, Jessica snapped. We didn't say anything, did we, Morvan? Archie grinned. I imagine having your head slammed into a rock by an unexpected falling person somewhat reduces the desire to chat. Jessica shook her head at him sharply as Morvan groaned. Morvan, I'm so, so sorry. Jessica moved closer to him. Let me check you over. I didn't mean to hurt you. Morvan raised his eyes to meet hers. Jessica, is that you? Heart pounding, she took a deep breath to calm herself. Why was he suddenly so alluring? I really think you should come back here, where you belong, Pyrope instructed. Before you do something you might regret later. Jessica turned towards the container. Oh, do be quiet. Morvan drew back, offended. He took a deep breath to speak, but his voice seemed to fail him. Archie, make yourself useful and get me a cushion or something. For once, he did not talk back and sprung into action, producing a dusty pile of rather dilapidated blue rugs decorated with a complex spiral motif. Jessica took them, nonplussed. What? Archie said. Morvan's the one who furnished this place, not me. Although I do rather like the walls. Having made Morvan comfortable, Jessica looked around her for the first time. The space looked very different from the inside. Glistening walls of blue crystalline rock surrounded them. Tilting her head first one way and then the other, she thought she recognised a familiar pattern. Standing and looking once more, she realised that the room was constructed in the shape of a giant ammonite. They stood in the beast's belly, surrounded by empty coils of rock. She was standing right behind her, too close in fact. She moved away, leaning against the desk. So, Morvan, Jessica decided to drop in to say hello, to the rocks. I rather think it might be up your street. He seemed to have recovered somewhat and spoke slowly, as if chewing over each word. Jessica, where have you been? We had thought you lost. Archie searched far and wide for you, but we found no trace. Jessica considered how best to phrase her reply. She very much wanted reassurance that she had not lost her mind, and Morvan seemed the ideal person to give her what she needed so badly. 
In her container, Pyrope was glittering rapidly. We don't have time for this. They'll never get it. We need to leave now. Jessica ignored her and gathered her thoughts. Morven, have you ever considered that the rocks might be alive? His smile made her feel warm, approved of. Of course the rocks are alive. They are the very essence of life itself. We are all one earth, and one day we will all return to dust. Right, yes, but when I say alive, I mean talking alive, you know? Talking. You're the one doing all the talking. It's a waste of time. Pyrope was grown ever more agitated. Archie's attention was drawn to the container. Look, never mind talking, it's dancing. Morven glanced over and immediately seemed infused with new energy. Yes, it is alive. This is what... I've been waiting for. We must take the samples without delay. He grasped a long, thin silver implement with a wickedly sharp tip and prepared to plunge it into the container. Jessica, you must stop him, Pyro cried. That, that thing is dead to us. Jessica leapt in front of him, placing her hand between the needle and the container just in time. She felt an unfamiliar sensation, a pinprick on her palm. Archie looked horrified, paler than usual, as if he might faint. It's okay, Jessica said. It's only a scratch. She pulled the needle from her hand with some considerable effort. There was no blood, only a very small blue mark left behind. I can't let you hurt Pyrope. Morven didn't seem to hear her. He was completely preoccupied with her hand. Harder than a diamond, he whispered. Grasping it between his fingers, he felt her pulse, then ran his palms over hers slowly, tracing the outlines of her fingerprints. The sensation was not entirely unpleasant. Jessica felt herself relaxed, rooted to the spot. 
Before she could react, Morven grabbed the needle from her. She leapt in front of Pyrope's container once more, but he had already glided over to the other side of the room. She saw him inserting the needle into a large blue and gold contraption. His hands flicked switches in well-rehearsed patterns. In moments, the machine came to life, buzzing and spluttering like a malfunctioning lawnmower. Turning, he sat back down. Now, we wait. What for? Jessica asked. Your test results. The machine grew louder and louder, so loud that they did not hear the vibrations as they rose and fell in the distance. (laughs) 